Well, we'll get it started on that. <laughs> Episode 41, we're joined by Tommy McDonald, who is the executive director of Dog Ears Bookstore and an author, Marky. Tommy, welcome to the program. Uh, thank you, boys. I appreciate it. For once, you're not the most creative guy in the room, Mark. It's great. And it feels good to sit here. Uh, Dog Ears has been one of our first supporters, and they've supported us since day one, and we've got to thank you for that, Tom. Tom, you're running here, Dog Ears. Let, let's first, what is Dog Ears? Tell the listeners. Uh, it's a nonprofit organization, um, so it's confusing. I get it, and it's hard to explain to people. So um, when people say to me, you know, what do you do, I, at this point out of just laziness i say i own dog ears but there's really no owner as a nonprofit organization um because we have that retail portion of our building downstairs we have the bookstore and the cafe but that supports what we do up here where we're sitting it's our literary arts center where we do reading and writing programs for people of all ages mostly children um i wish people knew more what we did here um so but it, as a nonprofit, our goal is to um, keep the written word alive, educate kids, keep reading and writing as part of the community. And you know what? I think that you're wrong that you don't, people don't know about it because like people who have kids, they know, like my daughter comes here every right. summer and loves it. Like, you know, cause right. we need more things for kids in our well, I guess community. my, my issue, it's not even an issue. It's just a, it's a, it's a quandary within my brain that, um, you know, people I know and love, they, they and I get it, Tim Hortons. And, and Barnes and Noble, I get Amazon, I get it. I'm not saying I don't go to those places or use Amazon, but you know, there's people I know and love that, that drive right by here just so they can get a cup of coffee somewhere else. But, but, and I don't think, and that's not, they're not trying to be mean. I just don't, don't think they realize that buying a cup of coffee here or a scone or a panini or a book, the money stays here and helps with our programs. So I think if, you know, if, if I got it out there more and I was better at a better ambassador for this place, but I'm, I'm kind of busy, you know, um, just keeping the place afloat and that's, I, I take the blame, you know? Well, yeah, you said you run, you, uh, do the Valley community center and their portion of their grants. Yeah. So uh, we all, the grant world, the nonprofit world's an interesting world. Um, but they, the Valley has their after school program. They do a summer program and I, uh, as a vendor, they, they, they pay me to come in and I teach the ELA portion of their, uh, their grants. So I, I teach after school there a couple days a week. I've be, I've done this for Seneca Babcock as well, um, and that helps pay for the place. So they pay here. They don't pay me to come down there. They pay here. It helps pay for the place. So, and uh, getting this started, it was a lot of patience. We, you know, it's something. It, it must have been a, quite the process. Um, I, 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 yeah, man, I, I was ignorant. I still am. You know, like I, I, I was. I had a really good team in the beginning. Uh, we actually applied for nonprofit status in 2003. And then, uh, you know, I thought, oh, this is cool, man. You know, I got a good bunch of people. I, I know everybody in South Buffalo. I've been a bartender for a long time. I'll get all kinds of support. I'll write one or two grants a year for a couple hundred grand each. Ooh, that was, talk about stupid. But, um, you know, then we just kind of tabled it because it's, it's a lot. And then uh, by a strike of sheer luck, man, I got... Uh, I was friends with Pat Callahan for a long time, and it's tough to talk about Patrick because he passed away about two months ago. But um, I wanted—I've I, I, been bartending for so long and trying to kind of get out of it, you know, because I wanted to use my brain. Don't don't listen. The smartest people in South Buffalo are behind bars. <laughs> Trust me. finally, Mark. Yeah. Trust me. Well, oh. we just had a U.S. diplomat 
that said you need to have a service background. We had Chris Scanlon, who said who was probably bashed the hardest for being a bartender and becoming like a politician, said that that's the thing that helps him the most because he listened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? he did it. He did it the right way, and and most of us around here do, you know. But but I was friends with Patrick Callahan for a long time as a bartender, and I wanted to kind of get out, so I asked him. I was going to buy a, uh, remember, I'll never forget this. I was going to buy a franchise for a, a tutoring company, Tutor Z. It was kind of like a, a Huntington Learning Center. I, and I had taught at the Huntington Learning Center. Um, Karen Lally's a friend of mine, a dear friend of mine, and she, she was uh, kind enough to hire me for there for a while. And I was going to hu- buy this um, franchise for Tutor Z, and I went to, to lunch with, with Callahan. And I had a business plan he looked at for just about 30 seconds, and he flipped it back at me and goes, nope. You're not buying that. That's crap. I said, all right, well, we had a beer. And he says, well, what are you going to do now? And I said, well, I have I have this nonprofit status for this project that I wanted to do for, you know, reading and writing programs in a bookstore. And, you know, and he said, you have nonprofit status. I'm a rich guy who needs a write off. Mm -hmm. And and I, I can't tell you how kind that man was. He bought this building. It was. It, hit, it was the original JoJo's, if you don't know that. Yeah. Um, and then it was Kaz Coffee Cafe. Well, it was a cafe for these two Czechoslovakia, a Czechoslovakian couple. And one day it just closed. My wife and I used to walk up here. When we first got married, we lived on Densmore. And we used to walk up here. And it was closed one day. And uh, a buddy of mine, a Hamburg copper, told me that uh, they tried to kill each other or something. So the, the cafe closed. <laughs> and then and then Debbie Klotfelter uh, opened it. And it was Kaz Coffee Cafe. And we looked at next door, the old uh, Vaughn photos. And Pat said no. Because uh, the foundation was kind of ruined, so we looked at this place, and he bought it. And it was um, where we're sitting now was an apartment, and then there was three rooms back there that shared that bathroom, and then there was two apartments in the back where the bookstore is now. And he bought it, paid for he paid for it, he paid to have it gutted, he paid to have it built, and then he paid for my first book order of thirty five thousand dollars. Wow! And then I lived. I I lived for free. He did not charge me rent. And I, I remember saying to him, oh, Debbie had passed away from cancer, Debbie Klotfelter, and she left it to her daughter and son-in-law. And I said to Pat, he said, well, we're not going to charge them rent. They're hurting, you know. And he had just recently lost his dad to cancer back then. So that, it, the story of this place is, is simply Pat Callahan. Right. Wow. You know? I've heard he was very generous and a good oh, man. I, I I met him a couple times just in passing. I'll tell you a quick story. I'm I'm before when it was Cast Coffee Cafe, you couldn't get into the bookstore. You know, I blew that wall out where you could see back there now. Which um the building inspector came in and said, Wasn't there a wall there? And I said, I don't know what you're talking about, Fitzy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna leave now, he says, and he walked out the door. Anyways, uh, to get to the bookstore, you had to walk through the glass door. That was the only way back there. And I'm in the back one day, and I look out, and there's a guy washing the windows out in front. And I walk out there. I go, what are you doing? He goes, I'm, I'm washing your windows. I go, I'm not paying you to wash my windows. He goes, oh, no, 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 that's fine. Uh, uh, I work for Pat. I said, what? He goes, yeah, yeah, I, I wash windows for Pat. So I called Pat up, and I said, Pat, there's a guy washing my windows. He said, yeah, I know. It's um, a buddy of mine. He lost his job. He's down on his luck. Uh, you know, I have couple houses and you know he's going to wash windows at the wherever for a while i said oh, what are you paying him if you don't mind me asking you pay so oh, i'm paying him 80 you paid him eighty thousand dollars to wash windows i'll do it for 75 <laughs> but that's the kind of guy he was he got his, yeah. his a friend was down on his luck and he just 
he took care of him. You know, that's that's this place is Pat Callahan. Well, that's good that it keeps going I didn't know on that. while yeah. he's gone. Yeah, and you you can see the returns. Like you know what, Pat's still with us. It, it, well, yeah, and the building. So in the back there, you see there the plaque on the wall. The building was dedicated to his dad, who was a Buffalo copper and a demolition guy, a, a, a scooper. And we dedicated the building to his dad back in 2008, September 19th, 2008. And we're gonna we're gonna uh, put a plaque underneath that for Patrick. Oh, that's and real rededicate nice. Rededicate the building to both of them. You know, his dad should be remembered. But um, I mean, if you want to just make this about Pat, I could do this. I could do I could do Pat stories because I just watched him be so kind with such ease. He did he didn't he just did it with so you know such ease. It, it's great to hear. Guys like that, and you, you hear a lot about Russ Salvatore and yeah. things like that. Those guys don't want the recognition. They just they they want people to do something with their kindness, I guess. So Pat, well, you know, Pat was going. He, he went bankrupt a couple times, and 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 he was having some trouble back in September. And and we would chat. You know, Pat. We had this kind of spiritual connection. And you know, it sounds corny, but. That's kind of my thing, you know, oh, that's all right. a spiritual person, I guess. So Pat and I would chat, and, and I sent him a text to, to the to his point and to your point, Jimbo. Was, it was never about the money, Pat. You get, I watched you give so much money to so many people. It was never about the money. It was about you making them feel deserving and valid. You validated them, you know, and, I'll, and I still read that once in a while. And I read his response. You know, his response made me feel, I don't know, it, it, yeah. Well, I'm the same way. I, I, I've saved texts from friends of ours that have passed, and it, it is good to go back and read those uh, good moments that you have them. I don't delete their number either. No, no, I still have, oh, God. I've lost a few in my time, and I still have all their numbers. Yeah, yeah it, it, you know. it, it feels weird to delete. You know, it's like when you had the black book, the old address book, you never crossed them out. I still have the book. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I bet you do. Yeah. Mine was red, though. I don't know what your problem is. Oh. You know. uh-huh. Well, we're not, li- we're not, we don't have that license yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think he left the vessel in the right person's hands here. Oh, um, yeah, man, I hope so. I just hope that, um, I hope we continue. Um, we're doing well. Chris Scanlon, I can't say enough about Chris Scanlon and his support for this place. Um, you know, because Chris Scanlon is, you know, I grew up with John. John and I, we've had some escapades, one or two. And we lived together for a while, and uh, Chris was just, you know, John's little brother. And then I, I just kind of watched him turn into a, a public servant. You know, Mark Schroeder always said that. I'm not a politician. I'm a public servant. And that's right. what Chris is. You know, Chris Chris takes care of South Buffalo. So he's his support has been, you know, that's the reason I'm here. So, you know, Pat Callahan, Chris Gamlin, and, and a few others. But, you know, Erie County's, I don't think people realize what Erie County does for youth services. You know, the, the, the people that they have, you, you know, you can say what you want about the leaders, about whoever's running the show, but you look at the people that are in the trenches, like a, a Ben Hillegas and a John Quadruple and those guys that are running, uh, Talisa King down at, at, at Erie County Youth Services, they care. They care, you know. We much. opened up the Chris Scanlon episode with he plays for the front, not the back, kind of bring it back to sports. And I think that you're in that category as well. It's not the Tom McDonald show. It's yeah, we're here yeah. to help dog ears. I've been around here a long time. There's people that would disagree with you on that <laughs> one. But Somebody was saying you wrote someone's master's thesis while you were behind the bar one night or 
Well, I, I probably would, you know, if I could step outside myself, I would vote that I probably have the most bullshit stories attached to my name throughout the years, you know. I have three PhDs, and I have, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, know, what is the truth there? We hear, oh, he's got all these PhDs. He doesn't do anything with them. And I say, well, it looks like he's doing something. I, I, have, um, I have a lot of credit hours. I have started more programs than like I just I just started a program for literacy birth to to adulthood at UB and and I I'm just sitting in there thinking what am I listening to you know these teachers and stuff so I left after a semester and you know they and, and to their credit they didn't invite me back like I didn't because I just I, I don't know I have a lot of credit hours let's just say yeah. That. You, so this isn't truth oh I written <laughs> oh I I used to write tons of papers man I it was ten listen. If mom, turn it off for a minute. It was ten bucks a page. <laughs> I I guarantee a B or above. If you get below B, I'll give you your money back. Right. So I've written. You know, there are there are some police officers that when when you had to get credit hours, you came up to the bar. <laughs> some of them had to go back to school. You're right, and they needed papers. And you know, there's a. You know, I I can't blow really blow anybody in. No, I've written a lot of papers, and you know what? I, I wrote a lot of them based on interest in the topic. Like I I wrote a paper for a guy about um, he was doing that psychoactive drugs and health at at U, uh, Buff State, and I had taken it there, but that was back in the eighties when psychoactive drugs were different than they are now. <laughs> um, and I said, all right, I'll do it. But I did my research, man. I went to an AA meeting, I went to an NA meeting, and like I stood up at the NA meeting, and I was I was honest. I said. Hi, my name's Tom, and I'm here to write a paper for somebody. I'm here doing research, and if you want me to leave, I will. And they were, more, oh, my God, they were so awesome. They said, no, stay. And they, they talked to me afterwards for about two hours and just tell me their stories, and I was so interested. And, and, and I wrote the paper for the guy, and uh, to this day, I don't know what he got on it, but I, I, I kept my money, so it must have been a B or above. Yeah. What a guarantee there. Yeah, well, hey, it's the, it's the four-degree guarantee. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I would have known. I probably have a degree right now. I know. I probably have done something. <laughs> uh, the books haven't closed on that business. So we're talking about securing funds. How much lobbying do you have to do to secure the funds? I know that you do your uh, your gala every year. Right. Yeah. Our gala's our, our gala's uh, um, and, and it's it's uh, gala. Oh, a gala. It's not gala, because if you look it up online, and I, as a Jedi, I, I only trust <laughs> James Earl Jones' pronunciation, which is gala. So um, our gala every year, it, it's prob that's probably like mm, 30% of our budget right there. You know, it helps with, because I can do things like replace furniture. Grants are very specific, so you can only do this, you can only do that, you know. And, and, and a lot of times you get donations um, from different places that that's all they want allotted to. So... Um, I write the grants here. Uh, I don't do a lot. I should do more. I don't. I don't like to do uh, foundation grants because they're very specific. And I'm when it comes to reporting, the counties, they, they they guide me through it. They're very kind. They're very understanding. They know I'm an idiot. Um, so I do a lot of, of county grants. I do a lot of schmoozing, and uh, I'll do whatever it takes to pay for the place. But um, I sh you know, if I have more help. You know, and and the, the board I have is awesome, and the people that have helped here are awesome. Um, but you know, you could always be doing more. I'd like for this place to be going all day long, every day. Yeah, uh, and like writing grants, did you? How did that come about? And like, have you ever taught people to write grants, or are you 
you know, are you willing to? I, I think that's where well, you get a lot of help is, you know, uh, I think people want to write grants. It's, uh, it's hard. It's not easy. Well, let me help you out. <clears throat> you're from South Buffalo? Yep. You can write a grant. Because <laughs> you're full of shit. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, and I'm not saying that, I say it in a flip way, but we around here, that's, we, we have the gift of the gab. Yeah. And if I could sit and talk about this place forever, you know, our, our, what it took to build it, you know, anything, our accomplishments, how hard it is to keep up, but how rewarding that is. I could talk about it forever. So when it comes to a grant, my problem is, is that I'm as an English major, I write novels and then they send it back and say, can you cut this in half? You know, and I had a lot of help from Lori Overdorf down at the Valley. She, she looks over my stuff and she just shakes her head and goes, what the, what the hell are you doing? But it's the gift, and it's the gift to tell the story. So if I can tell the story, and, but when it comes to the statistics, I hand it over to Mark Stack, who's, you know, he's our uh, accountant uh, and our treasurer on board. He's amazing. He'll just say, you know, he's got everything from QuickBooks done, and he, he plugs in those numbers. But when it comes to grant writing, and, and Jimmy um, Basil, Buffalo Fireman, mm-hmm. he wanted to write grants. For, and I said, yeah, come, and, and we'll, we'll walk through it. All you got to do is, is write one. Pick it. Write one. I'll, I'll, I'll sit mm-hmm. with you and walk you through it. And we'll just come up with the story. You know, the narrative to, to people is the hardest part. For me, it's statistics. I, you know, how many kids did you service? I don't know. There was a bunch of kids here. We yeah. had a great time. Right. We mm-hmm. read books. We laughed. You know. Patience. That's your yin and yang. Yeah. You, you talk about the literacy part. And what are some examples of improving literacy in this neighborhood or Western New York in general that you have done? That I've done? Um, right here at Dog Years, yeah. Our, well, you know, of our programs, my favorite time of the week is Fridays at 10.15. We start, we have story time for little kids. Puppy Tales story time. Kate Scarcello named that uh, Puppy Tales. So um, it start, it's just starting, right? Start with them at an early age. Do it with them. Ha- make it fun. And then guide them through life until they get to the point where they're doing it on their own, and then stay stay with them, you know. I I witnessed my wife last night laying in bed reading with my 11-year-old. They were reading a book together, and it's there's no better sound in anyone's house than than that. So, and then it leads into, you know, the next program, and that you know. So my my kids graduate from Puppy Tales and go on to preschool and, and kindergarten, and then they come back for our summer camps that Chris sponsors and, and Erie County sponsors, and they and and they we make it fun. You know, they, they, we're not saying sit down and read, you know, Hamlet and tell me what happened on page 156 <laughs> or I'll kick in the shins. See, <laughs> Alfie Wright, you say, hey, McDonald, what happened on page 156? Uh, blank time and stare. <laughs> huh? You know, it, it, and Mr. Wright was a brilliant man, but it's it's about making it fun. So, what, that, and, and I'm to the point where, when I write grants or go, def- I have to verbally defend my grants, and I sit around a table of people, and 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 I got a little bold with the county. My last interview, and I said, "Listen, yeah, I don't really care about education as much as I care about giving these place these kids a place to come, where they feel, you know, wanted and welcome and safe, and and it's funky and it's cool, and we do stuff, and and they just have fun, you know. So maybe it's mentoring with literacy, or is it literacy with mentoring? Either way." This place is where I want you to be, you know. 
Yeah, picking up a book. Does it need to go like digital or anything here, or is this like where you're going to keep it old school? Uh, I'm not an idiot. I know that that it's it's a necessary evil, you know. And there's some online stuff that <clears throat> people are doing that's amazing, where they kind of combine the video with the book and they show kids and then they make it into art and they do all that stuff and and there's a need for it and I should probably look into that but in the meantime I'm just I'm just having fun reading to kids you know yeah and you know what I've never thought of there's really no podcasts for kids I bet you there there's a way here's my here's my shot if you two idiots can do it <laughs> and seriously <laughs> yeah, you really. know no. it, I, I mean we started this and you were behind us from day one you always said hey i don't know what you guys are doing but you if you gotta go and you know, yeah, use yeah, the space yeah, use the space because you know what um I, I at the end of story time every week i say i gotta go you know i'm tired i just i just I, you know animated myself and and you know abused myself dressed up like something for an hour and 15 i gotta go but you can stay here and read to your kids you stay here all day you know but and, and i if we talk long enough i'll give you all the ideas i've had for this place that have gone by the wayside because of manpower or you know i just was moved on to something else i'm not very like again i'm not very organized even mentally a starter <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah. i'll give you an idea i should that, that'd be my my other dream job idea you know? guy yeah. I have three dream jobs. You know? <laughs> we'll come up with a couple more. And, I'm sure. uh, just, you know, give you the idea. Here, here's yeah. a great idea. You know, I've always wanted to tape. I want to do 365 days of story time, just me reading a book and putting it on YouTube, and kids can tune in to watch idiot boy. You know, I do the voices and I do whatever I can to make them love the story. And you know, so that's maybe yeah. your guy's next project. You're gonna take yeah. me. Uh, my my sister in law came in and she she has a community based uh, class, and they came in and she said just on a whim you had like something whipped up and they loved it. They had a great time here. Oh so. yeah, yeah. There was uh, uh, I, I I shit my pants on that one. She because she called me up and she said, um, "Hey, can you do a, a field trip for kids from her school?" And I don't know, right? What, I don't know what grade she teaches. And she said, "Can you do a read aloud?" Now, when you when I tell you read aloud, what do you think? You're reading, reading out your story, pre K. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. K. Yeah, yeah. Fifth grade. No, <clears throat> she walked in with sixth and seventh graders, but she but she, she's she's special ed, which yeah. Uh, and I said I'm, I was all set for pre K. You know, <laughs> I had everything. Set. We were doing we were doing um, stations uh, where they were going to play bingo over here, and they were going to make something over there, and and I was going to read them stories. And I said uh, they walked in, and I'm like. And, and I said, Kyle, I'm not prepared for this. She goes, Oh yes, you are. Don't worry about it. And she and we came up here, and that was that was last uh, two weeks ago today. And we had a blast. I, I they they were more attentive, and they had so much fun, and they were such a good bunch of kids. And you just, I, I'm like, holy shit, I I'm actually <laughs> really I, good at my job. I did something yeah. good. But I think you it's know? also that you have this place that is unique, and it's just that simple. Well, you know, it's also it's also uh, the whole approach is ironic because you know. My soapbox. We educate completely incorrectly in this country, right? So we're asking kids to do things like to ask a kid to sit down and and read when they they're on overload twenty four hours a day. They are, uh, you know, they're getting information. Their 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 brain is moving at the speed of light. And then we ask them to sit down and and sit still and be patient. Mm-hmm. And then we get angry at them when they can't do that. <laughs> so you know, hey Johnny, you know what the hell's wrong with you? Sit down. I I, t- I said sit down. So. There has to be a, someone has to find this happy, you know, how do you teach a kid patience? It's impossible. Right. When they're on, when they're on overload 24 hours a day, even as a little kid, you know, I was in, I went to mass yesterday and, and 
every kid in there under the age of four has a device in their hand, you know? And I'm thinking, 20 feet away is God. <laughs> <laughs> and you're watching bubble guppies. <laughs> Which is cool, man, because God made bubble guppies. I'm just thinking that maybe having this place as a, as a supplemental to education, supplemental place, supplemental approach to education was is... A start, maybe, and then people can step up and that are listening to this. They're sitting home right now in their pajamas, <laughs> drinking their glass of Pinot Noir, thinking, I should help him. Yeah. We we hope that they help all of us here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and and what would be the best way to come and, and help out Dog Ears Bookstore? Um, I, I, come I, have a coffee. Yeah, we, we could always use volunteers downstairs. It's uh, We're kind of a weird kind of family, you know. Just call, call, ask. If you have an idea, I, I'll listen to it. You know. Well, we we've had a couple of the volunteers and authors on the program. Uh, Lisa Marie Redmond. Yep. And P. A. Kane. Yep. I uh, now talk. Lisa came here as an author club. No, actually, Lisa got here as uh um uh she was recently retired from the police department. Right. And she was a volunteer here. That was it, huh? And that was it. And then John Schreier, a great, great uh, South Buffalo guy. He's taught for 30 years between West Seneca East and Trocare College. He runs our writer's workshop up here on Thursdays. And Lisa got into that because she, she had written a book years ago, and she had these ideas as a, to taking all the information that she gathered in her um, amazing career, you know, as a cold, uh, several. She was on sex offense, cold case, and she turned it into she's on her fifth book or something now. Amazing, and, uh, yeah, they're doing great. So yeah, and and so she's, you know, wildly interesting with all of her stories. She's got great stories, and she's intelligent. And you look at Paul Kane, and he's just intelligent and loves books. And you know, if there's anybody out there that doesn't know about it, and you love books, and you have a story, because everybody has a story, you mm -hmm. know, everybody does. You just have to have the the whisper in your ear that it's worth t worth telling. Maybe I'll stop by. I just started jotting down ideas for a little book, 20 years of coaching youth hockey, the, you the know trials what? and tribulations. And, and, and how many USA Hockey, uh, those modules that we have to go to every year? How many? Yeah. You, and there's that guy, uh, what's his name, Patrick Ramar? Yeah. And he does the poem. He wrote a book. Right. I've seen it down it's there. downstairs. So your book's dying to be on our table. Tell, you know, tell yeah. your story, man. Wow. And you got a book on the table down there. What was it like putting your own story down? Uh, well, that's you know, honestly, it's that that's a poem that I wrote, basically, and it took me about fifteen minutes to write the poem, and about nine years to get published. And the and the book's called Monster in the Morning. Yeah, Monster in the Morning. It's about a mother who hasn't had her coffee yet. So, <laughs> um, it's inspired by so the the woman in the story is in a green bathrobe, which is what my mother wore. <laughs> every day for you know about 62 years and it was the magical bathrobe like single dollar bill. and my mother didn't dance you know <laughs> uh single dollar bills would just appear out of the you know for because we were on our way to st martin's you know i need a dollar you know there there it was yeah it was like an endless <laughs> supply of single dollar bills out of the pocket or you know kleenex up the sleeve she would pull like, a, like she was a part-time nun she pulls kleenex out of the sleeve so the the character in the book wears a green bathrobe, and then my my wife, um, who's not a monster in the morning, but it, she needs her coffee, just gave me an idea, and, and I I did one quarter of the work, 
you know, because when a kid's book comes, any book comes out, I handed it over to Robert Wright, Bob Wright from the Buffalo News. He was a graphic designer. I met him through Peter Clancy, who's the president of my board of directors. Another, you, you want to interview a guy. Oh, well, he's on the list. Yeah, well, guess what? Good luck because he's probably doing something for South Buffalo. He doesn't yeah. have time because he's always cleaning something up or, you know. But anyways, he introduced me to Robert Wright. And Robert Wright, the, the, the illustrations make the book. So I, I wrote a poem and Bob illustrated it and illustrated it. He nailed it, you know. So it's not, I'm not getting rich. I, I, I think we covered the cost. But it felt good. You know? Yeah, no, it feels cool, you know. And yeah. I got another one coming out. I uh, I yeah. hope it's about Christmas. It is. It's no called. No way. It is. Yeah, Santa, Santa and all the, the elves and Mrs. Claus and all the reindeer going on vacation on the moon, you know. Yeah, see, and I was going to ask that question. I was like, for a guy who loves Christmas so much, yeah, man. I didn't. I would have thought your book would have been about Christmas. And then Katie brought it home, and I was like, oh. You know, and I was like, but I just thought it was gonna be Christmas. Well, well let's so, see the let's see the tattoo. Uh, yeah, he's yeah, got a he, he's got a Christmas tattoo. He's showing it to us right now. Yeah. It's right on the small of his back. Hold on, I gotta get my thong down. Hold on. Santa landing right on the roof there. Oh, oh, he's got oh, a Christmas nice. tree <laughs> inside of his arm. <laughs> Loves Christmas. It's not plugged in, so I tell all the kids at story time that on December twelfth, every year I go to the tattoo artist and he plugs it in for me, <clears throat> and then on. You know, middle of January, I go back and he unplugs it for me. And they're like, <laughs> really? <laughs> you know, the sad part is, is that they're four. I tell that to adults and I've had a few people believe me. I'm like, oh, yeah. Wow. But no, the next one's going to be about that. And and so I got a, actually a kid uh, that I taught at the Valley. His name's Gary Lopez. And he was one of my favorites from the Valley Community Association uh, in the after school program. And he was always drawn. I'm like, I'm going to use that dude someday. And he, he went to Buff State. We stayed in touch. And he's a freshman at Buff State. And I said, hey, come and see me, man. So I sent it to him. He's, he's illustrating it right now. Wow. So. Oh, that's great. Very cool. Yeah. Gary's a good kid. I met a lot of good kids. I mean, not only are you helping children here, you're helping adults better themselves as writers. And, I mean, there's a lot going on here at Dog Ears. It's a tool, and people have to use it the right way. Yeah, yeah. there's people out there that would say, I'm the tool. <laughs> <laughs> Well, only when you tell us you can't play when the levy breaks, you know. Well, we'll get to that. We are not talking about. So last week I'm on my way to the Valley, and it doesn't matter. Even if I was on my way to, I'm telling you I was on my way to the Valley because it makes it makes me sound better, you know. So I'm I'm on my way to the Valley. And the guy in front of me, I'm at the corner of Tift and McKinley, and it's a, it's a gray Cadillac, and the license plate is Zeppelin. And I'm thinking, I'm going to ram this. Come on, you know? <laughs> so I get out of my phone and I call Vinny Ventresca. I go, Vinny. I go, I, I, he didn't answer, so I text him, Vinny. I pulled over, people. I texted. I pulled over to text. I was not texting and driving. And I said, do you, do you have a gray Cadillac? He's like, why? Why are you asking me that? You know, because he's got a Led Zeppelin tattoo on his leg. Yeah. Which I'll tell you a hockey story in a minute with, with Vinny. Um, he's like, no, I don't. I said, well, license plate in front of me. And he goes, oh, yeah, they, they got real good taste. <laughs> Now, to, to update people on this, when I was a kid going into uh, certain establishments, sometimes there was a little note on the jukebox that said you couldn't play Led Zeppelin. That would, see, now that would be not creative to say you can't play Led Zeppelin. I would put No, those, well, that, yeah. I was generalizing. Yeah. There were different, you changed it up a little bit. Yeah. Give, give us some examples of what would um, be on the jukebox. 
you are allowed to play Led Zeppelin here this evening, but remember, forewarned is forearmed. Then I put in parentheses, Sister Mary Michaels, 1982, St. Martin's, because that's what she would say. Forewarned is forearmed. But, but be forewarned that if you do, I'm going to buy, I'm going to close the bar for 10 minutes. I'm going to go buy a speed skate. I'm going to come back and kick you in the balls with the speed skate, <laughs> and I'm going to eject the song. <laughs> yeah, you got creative. So, and we always want to know well, what 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 would happen, or what's what's your qualm with the Zeppelin? I don't know. <laughs> they, they, oh, okay. All right. So Seinfeld, remember Seinfeld when Kramer, whenever he heard Mary Hart's voice, he would like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Led Zeppelin, man. If, yeah. If I hear uh, any, I, I could tell you, it's like name that tune. Uh, let's like throw up on that tune boom and as soon as it hits i've left restaurants with my wife <laughs> over zeppelin I, i'll be standing out in front at the window and she'll signal me when it's over you can come back in now wow it's, i know i don't I, and i it's can't it's all right yeah. it's better than another friend of mine that when he hears ted nugent cat scratch fever he immediately has to hurt somebody who's that i'm not going to say no it. you can tell me his name's eric i don't know so he he calls an establishment I was working the other day to put in a to-go order. And I see the name on the caller ID. I said, we'll have it ready for you, and uh, we'll make sure Ted Nugent's on when you walk in. Well, he didn't think it was funny. So you you guys are... He didn't show up? No, he goes, who is this? I said, Eric, it's Jimbo. I'm just kidding. He goes, oh, Jimbo, you, you don't forget anything, do you? He goes, but I still do that, just so you know. I'm like, yeah, I know. I don't get violent. Oh, this this dude get I seen him bite somebody's head, scalp. Oh, that's They thought that it was funny and I go, "Listen, it's not that funny." They're like, "I just want to see what he does." I go, "It's it's not funny." And I want to see that. And like I could I could arrange that. Yeah, we'll do it at the old stopping ground. We'll lure him somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I seen him turn into a werewolf one night over Another Nugent song, I guess different Nugent songs do different things to him, and he jumped, he ran and jumped over a six-foot fence like he was possessed. Oh, so he's not human. I'm, I'm, just, I, I'm just a moron. Yeah, yeah. They, so you're you're doing yeah. good. All right, yeah. Thank you. Were, Thank you. You not, were you a Tolkien fan? Did you like Lord of the Rings? I, yeah, I, I read them, but no, yeah. that's not the... You know, that's not the inspiration for my insanity. If but. every time I came into the bookstore, I'd be like, hey, Tommy, what, what do you what should I read? You'd be like, read the Count of Monte Cristo. I mean, every time I'm not saying if you and if you didn't read the Count of Monte Cristo, you'd say it again. You'd be like, well, you should well, probably read. This. Yeah, that was my favorite book for 25 years. And now it's not it, it, it's 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 tied. I, I read something that matched it. Ooh, what? Yeah, I read East of Eden by Steinbeck. Oh, you like that? huh? Yeah, I hate her. She's the worst character. Oh, I hate because I, I used to hate Brett from um, uh, Hemingway. Um, the bullfighting one. What's the bullfighting one? They're all bullfighting. <laughs> um, but this this bitch. Oh, I hate her. So, I'll have to. I have no idea what you're talking. Yeah, about. I read it in high school. East of Eden. Yeah, yeah, you shouldn't read that in high school. No, no. You should read it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it is it tough now? To get people to sit down and read books. I mean, with me, it's either I help people out with their local hockey problems or I read a book, and pretty soon I'm going to be reading books. That's you, for sure. you're done with hockey? Yeah, I'm pretty close. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Parents parents are awesome. Oh, yeah. But it seems like today it, it's hard for, 
an adult to just sit down. There's so much going on in reading a book. What's your advice to people to get in, to get into reading books again or to start? Um, well, you got to have the right book, which leads to the right possibly series or author and then to the right genre in your hands. So, you know, like, yeah, you're right, Mark. I, I said that for forever, but now it's, I, I could tell you, we've been doing our, our book discussion group for 12 years. Well, at 12 books a year or 11 books a year, that's, we've read a hundred and, you know, time and <laughs> Don't give us math. Yeah. 317 <laughs> books. So um, I can recommend half those six, you know, but but um, you just got to have the right, you know, come in and talk and, and you know, like come, come in on a Saturday and talk to Paul. Come in on a, like right now, Jenny Egan's downstairs. She's amazing. She she can talk books forever and uh, most of our volunteers. So, you know, call me if you're looking for a book, you know, because if you're, but you're right, Jibbo. We're overloaded too. Yeah. You know, we have our phone. How many times you check your phone? Oh, jeez. Right. So, and then, and then, you know, there was a comic strip last week. I think it was Dennis Demes. Why would I go to school? I could just Google my way through life. Right. So, exactly. and, and I've been I've been bartending for thirty five years, and I can't tell you how many people are smart, but not intelligent. You know, they can tell you everything that they, they Googled, but they can't tell you why or how does it apply to you know, being a better person, being interesting. Yeah. You know, I yes, I get it that that in 1972, OJ rushed for 174 yards and had two catches and three touchdowns and we won the game. And But who represents you in Congress? <laughs> right. And who and and what when's your wife's birthday? So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. But you can tell me about OJ. Yeah, it's, it's stuff like that. You can Google anything. So when when someone wants to sit down and read a book, or because how many people, I mean, it's Monday at, at 11 o'clock, and I've already been told twice today what I should be watching on Netflix. Right. You know? are, you, hey, are you watching? Uh, you got to watch Don't Fuck With Cats. I'll add to it. Mar- Mark or Mike? Oh, no, oh, no. oh actual cats. <laughs> no. Oh, oh. You can um, watch those too. Peaky Blinders. You know, you should, you should watch that. I'm like, I, you know. Th- but that's, that's our life. So yeah. we're, we're, you know, <laughs> we're no different than our... 15 year old but you're also sitting around probably the person who read the book but but the amazing part for me is is that i get the opportunity to you know um and i know that your people don't want to listen to me yammer around about the bookstore all day but or at all but um i have the opportunity to listen to kids and their interpretation we we did the outsiders uh for our summer camp we did a readers and writers workshop and i do it with bethany vivian and the older kids so i do with either bethany or christy quinn and we teach that as a writer's workshop, and we read the book, and then we, we really get into it. And I've read The Outsiders ten times, and there isn't once where I haven't learned something from them that I didn't know. They they tell me more about the book than I am, and I'm like, well, listen, I'm the English major. I'll tell you the underlying theme, and they're like, did you see the part where he where, when the fire happened at the church when they busted in? And I'm like, yeah. He goes, did you read this? I'm like, holy cow. I, I missed that. I missed that the yeah, ninth. That's how they see it. Right. Yeah. And so I have that opportunity where people tell me that, that are much smarter than me, these kids. And, you know, like every year on the 21st of December, I read um, Stopping by Woods on a Snowy Evening by by Robert Frost because it takes place that night. It's a, it's a poem. And I read it to the kids at the Valley. And, and this one girl just blew me away. Her interpretation was, I'm like, 
I've never even thought of that. And she was 12, 12 or 13 years old. And, and I'm, I think to myself, oh, my God, you're so much better than me. And <laughs> She and doesn't have bad habits. <laughs> you know? Yeah. We, I think things, is, things are shit, like, right away, auto, like, sometimes automatically. It's like, oh, it's terrible. Star Wars. I was yeah, like, oh, it always God. comes back to whoa, Star Wars. Whoa, whoa, yep. whoa. I will throw you right the fuck out of here. Bring it. What did you all right, like all about right, it? All right, well, let's go. Yeah, what did you like about the new Star Wars? Oh, I thought you meant Star Wars in general. Oh, oh no. Oh, no, I, no. Oh, oh, uh, we love uh, it see, in general. I, see, I think that that's where, you know, you kind of, like with the Count of Monte Cristo, you like that hero's journey story. You know? Yeah. It's like, it, it, were you a Joseph Campbell per- fan? Or, yeah, or, oh, yeah. With, all the, with all the mythology? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I love that shit. And, and, um... Why? What did I like about this current Star Wars? It's Star Wars. Right? Uh, that's not enough. It is it's not enough. It is because you know what? It's cop out. Because I'll tell you the greatest, the greatest thing. It's in 1977, the day it came out, my mother took me to the Seneca Mall. Now I had three sisters, and I was the only boy, and she thought that maybe I would enjoy this, so she took me to the Seneca Mall, and we went in and we saw it, and I was like, my first thought was, well, I'm a Jedi, <laughs> and and now. <laughs> And now, you know, 40 years later, I'm still correct on that one. But we walked out of the show and she said, did you like that? And I just, I couldn't speak. I'm like, I And she went to the payphone. She took out a dime. And she called my father and said, we'll be home in two hours. And she marched me right back in and we saw it again. Wow. Wow. So when I went to see the last one, I was, as, as every episode, I was with my mom. Huh. Really? So you know what? Okay. All right. My mother moved to Indiana when I was like 19 years old. And when... Episode one came out, right? Because the original is episode four. When episode one came out, she was living there. And I knocked on her door and she goes, what are you doing here? I go, let's go. Get your coat. We're going to see Star Wars. Wow. So, yeah, see, now that's just different. from like that. Nobody has that story. Nobody has think that, that story. Well, I mean. That's because you're a Padawan <laughs> and I'm a Jedi. <laughs> that's you true. think. Yeah. I mean, that that second wave of the films was like when i was growing up that was the first right. one i seen in the theater no. you know and i liked those so everybody was like oh i can't believe you like those and then like now as i'm older like i was saying i was like i just have like this like thing where i'm like ah, it's probably just gonna be shitty and then you know and then that's how i really thought you know? yeah i don't i don't i'm not a i'm not a very good critic because uh, when i go to see that stuff i don't i just i just want to be it was star wars fashion fun i want to go escape yeah 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 is that, is that all right? Yeah, no, that's I'm not fine. I mean, like I've seen, I've seen theories that that um, Jar Jar Binks was a Sith Lord, oh, and, and I've seen him online doing martial arts moves, and I'm like, all right, listen, he was a horrible character with big, yeah. a big fat lower lip, and I couldn't understand him, and I just waited for lightsabers yeah. to show up, and then I moved on. See, and I think that like that's how it, it was. Like they missed a lot of things that we would have loved in these new films, like. You know, it, I th- I felt like the Finn character was Jar Jar Binks. They just kind of just yeah, made okay. him All differently. Right. You know, they're just using the the wrong things. Like well, I could have watched three whole th- uh, films about about the lightsaber. Yeah, or or just you know what, just put just put Obi Wan Kenobi in every movie. Yeah, like yeah. not not um, Alec Guinness, right? Yeah. Uh, what's his name? McGregor. Uh, you and McGregor. No, not him. Oh, oh, the original. Episode yeah. episode four. Just a lot they missed. You know, I, I didn't Obi-Wan care. Yeah, I didn't care much about the story. Well, going you know forward. what I thought too. It was almost like they needed to give a book report, and they 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 wrote it the day before it came out. It was very rushed. These past ones. You probably actually liked how they introduced the bad guy in this one in the f- beginning paragraph of the third movie. You're like, oh, I got to read about. 
the character <laughs> instead like, of well, seeing of all, anything. Like, I, I, I fucking hate subtitles. Right? I'm yeah. like, oh, man. I was just watching the, the Two Popes, and it starts out with subtitles. I'm like, if they don't get rid of this shit fast, I'm bailing on this movie. Yeah. You know, like, I like when they, when they, they'll zero in on the mouth, and then all of a sudden it'll change to English, and then you know, oh, good, I'm done reading subtitles, you know? Yeah. So I don't want to read everything, you know? Yeah. I missed yeah. the, I mean, I thought it would have been a, a great, uh, Way to end Han with a nice funeral. You bring back all the old characters. <laughs> I, that's what I wanted. Like, where are they now? Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, my God, they found that guy. Oh, my God, look at him. He's so fat now. Yeah, yeah. Oh. And now they're saying they're going to redo it. Well, are, are they redoing Game of Thrones, too? I Probably. Know. You know, whatever makes them money, I don't care. I'll yeah, it's yeah. all about money and not I'll the go. story and creativity anymore, it seems. Yeah, you don't mm-hmm. have to remake anything. Everybody should take have some balls and make something new. Yeah, don't don't make you know don't remake. Yeah, slap shot. You can't. Well, no, things they like they that. redid Arthur. Oh, yeah. I know. You know, I mean, yeah. Dudley Moore. Yeah. One of the most underrated stories of all time. Just just simply, yeah. <laughs> Damn, I thought I was doing great. <laughs> a forty-four half inch pie. He's got a knife. <laughs> My God, he's, he wants a piece of cheese. <laughs> Right, so then you remake it. I'm like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Well, you talk about being a Jedi. Who besides yourself here at Dog Ears is Jedi? There's no Jedis here other than me. But <laughs> okay. I will tell you, this place only, there's, so I got, I've got Lainey Wesser down in the, she's the cafe manager, and she's um, tireless. I, I, I'm tired watching her, and this, the cafe only, because I, I didn't, I didn't want a cafe. You know, like when Kaz Coffee Cafe called me Friday June in 2012 was a Friday in June, and she goes, "Yeah, hey, we're going to be closed Monday." I'm like, "All right, you know, because I guess we're closed too because you can't get to the bookstore if the cafe is not open." And she says, "No, we're we're leaving for good. We're out." And oh. and over the weekend they took all their shit, you know, and, and I, I would have bought that off them. Right. And, and listen, they were nice people. They probably sold it and paid paid off bills or whatever. Um, but then I was forced to buy twenty five thousand dollars worth of equipment on my personal credit card. Wow. And. And I had to hire someone, and 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 it, but you know, it took me a couple tries to get to Laney. And the first two were that were here were nice people and stuff. But you fit some places, and you don't fit others. And Laney has just, she's I don't know, I wouldn't be here without her. And I didn't want a cafe. Right, you I always what? heard that. Right, I I've been in the restaurant business or bar, well, I shouldn't say it, bar business for thirty five years, and I know what it takes. I don't want that. Yeah, you know, I don't want that extra work, and and. We go to we go to Restaurant Depot once a week, and I'm like, uh, yeah, this isn't what I signed up for, but it is, you know. Yeah. So some people fit, and some people don't. Well, you, you, for you know, Jimbo, you, this fits you, man. Thanks. You know, so Mark was when you were downstairs, you were saying, you know, this is my job, and you know, I, I have to edit a lot less because Jimbo's getting really good at this, and it fits wow. you. You know, so you and, and you know, how long, how old were you when you became a fireman? How old was I? Yeah. Uh, 32. Right. So, yeah. and, it, and it fits you. Yeah. Doing you know, so a bunch of things for the first some, time. You know, people have some patience, man. Yeah. You'll, you'll, I think you'll the, be fine. A lot of people don't have patience, especially in this area. They want it done now. Like, uh, we were just talking to the councilman about the ice rink roof. Well, there's not just a pile of money. There's, there's, you got to have patience, and there's red tape, and there's procedures, and right. things that you have to do. And, apply and it's not, for capital and it's not money. what you want. Right. I don't want a nice rink, 
you know, it's not what you want. It's, right. for, it's for the betterment of the community. Yeah. Exactly. You know, so it's, I'm sorry, it's not your candidate. You know, right. your candidate didn't make it. Tough shit. Move on. Yeah. Like you nothing know? happens without constant dedication. Yeah. Like nothing good. But you yeah. know what? You know, on the flip side, though, Mark, is that shit doesn't get done because so many people are complaining. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's like I'd like to see other things happen. Sure. On Abbott Road, you know, and and education wise and 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 building wise, I finally thank God for Chucky Goodspeed, the old Bigelows. You know, I, I was losing my mind. I lived on Densmore for for a couple of years after I got married, and I was I, every day I'd walk over to Mister Reese and watch him fill the ice with a <laughs> cigar in his mouth, and think to myself, <laughs> I don't think I'm going to get a fountain drink today. <laughs> But um, and I worked for Mr. Ace for years. I loved it. That was probably me and Timmy Robertson and Kevin Lally uh, said we'd still be there. I'd still be the night manager at Convenient Food Mart on Abbott Road if, if they paid me more. You know. But I would walk by that Bigelow's and I, I, I would have like an aneurysm. Like, when the fuck is someone going to do something about this? Like, yeah. You know, yeah. it's an eyesore. And and you know, I, I wanted it done now. But you know, to Chris's credit, things have things take time and. Mm-hmm. You know, they waited, and there was Pat and I looked at that building. We were going to buy that building, but it had a, you know, there was a drug or the the DEC or DEA. I always mix those two up, which I should. Whatever the environmental testing. Because if the one, if the wrong one shows up at my door, yeah, um, yeah, the the testing there was tests on that. So and and you know, Chucky's going to put something there, nice for the neighborhood and long time coming. But sometimes it's a long time coming. Yeah. What 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 do you think we need? What do you think that that we could do to help the Abbott Road like what you too I'm no I'm saying is general you're as do, well community. T- to that to that answer you two are doing it you're giving people a forum to express needs for your community so you guys are just a you're you're guess what boys you're community minded people you're yeah. you know you're we're pilot, invested you know? yeah you're you're investing in your community and, and and it's it happens in so many different ways right and you guys are doing it. So, but what is that? You know, I always go back to mind, body, and spirit. What do we need? We need mind, body, and spirit. What is what does the mind need? You know, it needs education. It needs places for people to go to be people. And this is this is a storyteller's nightmare. Every time I'm reading a story, and the fire truck goes by, I've lost them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I could be at I could be at the crux of the plot. Where Clifford is about to get his birthday present, <laughs> and a fire truck goes by, and they're out the window, and I'm like, "Sit down, man! Clifford's about to get his present." Anyways, he's um, on his way to kindergarten, right? <laughs> that big foolish dog. Um, so it's it's mind, body, and spirit. So what do you have? You know, you you drive up and down Abbott Road, which is what Pat and I did. We drove up and down Abbott Road and said, well, "Where are we going to put it?" And I had to kind of be on Abbott Road because I'm, you know, sadly I'm a roadie. Mm-hmm. You know, there's sparks, there's roadies, squeaks, and there's rats. My mother's a rat, so I can say what I want. You know? Right? My mother's a Seneca rat. My mother um, is Seneca. I'm a half. Well. We're we're a halfer. So I'm. Ooh. My dad's from Babcock, so S- you're I got Seneca and Abbey Road. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we're you, in good company here. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, what is what is what does it need? So drive up and down Abbey Road, uh, or you know Seneca South Park. See what we need. The boys are doing it over on on Seneca Street. You know, uh, Hook and Ladder. They're doing it, man. They're they're offering. They're just opening buildings. Right, and then they're seeing what do we need, and and people come to them, and and that's great. Those guys right. are doing a great job. We need we need them to either move over here or have someone just as entrepreneurial to pick it up over here, and 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 we need our our local representatives to to jump on board. Now they've all done it, 
They've all done it at right. some point. You know, when Brian was at the state level, he did he did McKinley. Yeah. When Mark was at the state level, he did Seneca Street, but he did it kind of different. And they've all had a different approach. What we need is a complete streets project where they do buildings, businesses, greenery, curbage, curb mm-hmm. appeal, walk, so I can I can shop, bike, walk in my in my community where I get educated. I can buy things. I can take care of my body with, you know, gyms and yoga and stuff like that. And I feel bad, like that yoga place open next to to Molly's, mm-hmm. you know. But but then right next door at Queen City, they're doing it. Yeah, they're doing an amazing job. Right? Yeah. So they're they're working on the body, and you know, I mean, I, look at me. Obviously, I have to work on the body, <laughs> but it's it's what, what do we need? So it's not it's not for me to answer. It's for everyone to ask. What do we need? Yeah. You know, like my, my original intent for this place, my, my original 501c3 application to the federal government read in a certain way, and it included mind, body, and spirit. So I would like to see a place, a, a one-stop shop, man, where you can drop your kid off, where they get help with their homework and whatever, and you can go over to the gym or to the chiropractor mm-hmm. or do yoga or do martial arts or uh, and then get a, a little cafe like mine. You know, my building's not big enough for that. Right. So that's that's we not a one stop shop, but maybe a walkable where I can drop you off here and I can walk next door. And yeah, we don't have those things for kids around here. It is like when we were little, it was like, drop me off the mall, you know, get me the mall. Always get me. And that always ended well. (laughs) (laughs) Or, you know, when we were walking down the street, we're like, damn, well, we know we're not going to Reese's. We're going to park. Well, (laughs) why wouldn't you go to Reese's? I was there, man. (laughs) Stocking the. Uh, the coolers with ice cream, <laughs> you know, started smoking for a year. That went over well. Molly Coyle, she would have sell us the she, cigarettes. Yeah, she. I worked with Molly. Yeah, yeah man. And now I'm in, we're family now. Yeah, so, yeah. See how it works. It does. Now, I learned. I, it took me a really long time to learn. You know, don't say bad shit because they're gonna end up your relative. Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> And, and look what happened to you. Yeah. <laughs> you walked everybody. into 47 relatives, like, you know, in a day. Yeah. Oh, he's my in-law. He's my in-law. He's my in-law. He's my in-law. So, and I still don't, I still don't have that lesson down, you know? Yeah. Because I'm a bartender. Sure. So, it, you know, it's, it takes, I pray daily, shut my mouth, shut my mouth. And I don't sometimes, you know? Yeah. It's hard. It's hard. But, but you know what? It takes solace in the fact that we're all, we're all the same, you know? Yeah. And just don't do it. Maliciously. Well, like Gannon mm-hmm. says, we're, we're very accountable. Yeah, our neighborhood, you you're held accountable. Yeah, did you say it? Yeah, yeah, I said it. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. But you know, I like Jenny Light. So what do you want? Yeah, I, I may have. And again, uh, and you you know this, Jimbo. We see the asshole side of everybody. Yeah. Right. So you you know, it, let's go back to the mantra for St. Patrick's Day. You're not funny. You're coming, you know, everyone comes down to South Buffalo from other parts of the city, and they want to have their Guinness, and they want it right now, mm-hmm. right? And, and you're like, you know, where's my Guinness? I'm like, it, uh, it takes, if, yeah. if poured properly, it takes, well, I want it now. And, and, you know, you're not, and B, you're not funny. And C, no, we're not known as fighters. Maybe back in the 70s and 80s, there was a lot of fight because there was a, a bar every other, you know, yeah. corner. But we're not fighters, and, and the people that I know, in South Buffalo, they're amazing. They're amazing people, you know. And and you come, you go to most of these bars now. It's 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 not the way it was. I've been doing this since the '80s. It's not it's not like that anymore. It's changing. 
and and for the good. Yeah, I think so. Uh, there's more respect now uh, in most places, and there's uh, there's more of a camaraderie. Like I remember growing up, I well, I wasn't old enough, but Mud McGrath's. There was a lot of camaraderie there. Yeah, there's a lot of drunkenness though. Too. There was a lot of drunkenness. Yeah, there sure. was, and that was part of it, you know. And 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 that's what <laughs> I see people now, and they're like, "You're, you're the bookstore guy, <laughs> weren't you?" And I, you know, I can fill in the blank, you know, like, "Weren't you face down at one point, or weren't you naked on the front of a car at one point?" Yeah. And I'm like, "Yeah, but." Mm. I was confused, you know. I was also the guy with the snapshot. I heard about your snapshot. Oh no, I can't. I can't take a snapshot. I can't take a wrist shot. They see a lot of people who know that. I broke my wrist uh, when I was a kid, when I was playing high, and my wrist doesn't move. Oh wow! I've had it fused, so I can only take a slap shot. And it's fairly decent, but at my age, I can't even get it off anymore because I'm so old. I, it takes about six months to get it off, so I don't even shoot anymore. Back to here. I mean. Is this one of those 24-7, 365 jobs that has you constantly moving and this place is always on your mind? It's always on my mind, yeah. So yeah. when your phone rings, you have no idea what's going on. You know, yeah. and, 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 you know, my, my volunteer coordinator, Lynn Carloni, she's amazing. She doesn't listen to me, which is good and bad because she's always I say listen call me first call me first but she doesn't she takes upon herself to cover shifts and do these things but every time your phone rings it's it's gonna it's you you think it's the end of your day yeah I don't I don't miss those days yeah so yeah it's a lot but you know what I, I I'm I have a weird personality so well that's some have said to us he's a thinker but he's also gonna tell you what he thinks whether you like it or not yeah, I guess there's part of all of us that tells other people. Like, I tell Redmond everything, and Redmond tells me everything, you know? So it's just easier to tell Redmond, you know? Because I think I've done that a couple times where you, you think you're helping someone. You know, listen, um, you're not invited. Why? Because you're going to stiff. You're going to fucking stiff, and then we're there we are. We have five guys, and you're going to stiff, you know? And, and then they get mad at you. So it's easier to just say, Redmond, yeah, I'm not inviting that guy. He's, he's going to stiff me, you know. So there's a, but that's in all of us, you know. It's easier to, it's easier to say, you know, Redmond calls me every Sunday morning. How was your night last night? Oh, this guy was, you know, pain in the ass and that, you know. Instead of saying to that person, hey, you know, you're being a pain in the ass right now. Yeah. Because you know what? I want your tip. Exactly. Just, you know. Like I've been doing it. Oh, how's the baby? Can I see pictures? Yeah. Oh yeah. Look at this. Right. And that's the last thing you want to do is, uh -huh. you know. I mean, I he, he's great. He's he's the best thing that ever happened to me. But I really work it. I get the tips with the baby pics. Oh hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Work the tip, man. <laughs> fill the register. Fill the jar. Yep. That's my job. Mm-hmm. And then it, one thing your buddy Gannon has taught me is plant the seed for the next guy because uh, it will grow. Oh yeah. Yeah. You leave well, the see, dollar. You, see, you know, Gannon. Uh, you guys are kind of similar. I brought. I shouldn't say that I brought. Gannon learned a lot from us. You know, from when I was and and I. You know, it's it's all a cycle. I learned it from Kev Gould, and Chris Daniels, and Carlene Gian. You know, and Boone Cleary, um, Mike Overdorf. You know, and then I passed, and, and I wasn't teaching anybody anything. I was just turning around saying, "Hey, this is what this is how it goes," 
you know, I turned around and I said it to Gannon. And to Gannon's credit, because, you know, Gannon's a great guy, he turned and did it to many other kids, you know. And it's sometimes it's simple shit. Like, you know, every time you come out of the bathroom, be drying your hands. Yep. <laughs> you know? Even if you didn't right. wash them, just be drying your hands. It looks fantastic. <laughs> Don't chew on anything behind the bar. Oh, I'm, I, I'm guilty of that. I'm oh, yeah. Chewing. I'll, I'll eat right off your plate. So <laughs> but, you know, and so, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's the, the, the bartenders around here, they were good to me, and hopefully I've been fairly decent to some of them. I, I know I haven't been good to a couple here and there. Um, sorry. You were taught from some nice gentlemen and then you look at the other way i was taught by like the banditos of the neighborhood oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so but we still all had the same idea and we all had camaraderie and oh he sent this guy over here all right we got to take care of him make sure nobody kicks his ass make sure nobody yeah. gives him a problem he's friends with tommy you know that kind of shit this yeah. one's really filled with crown yeah, this one's really filled with Crown. That one's filled with Kessler, you know. Well, <laughs> that, I'll, that I'll, was how I learned. I'll take the Kessler. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, you, know, I, you know, I was taught after an initiation period, like my first shift behind Cleary's Bar in 1980. Oh, shit. Uh, a couple of years ago. Um, <laughs> I was, I was going to learn from Chris Daniels and Boone Cleary, and I was working five to ten. And I walked back there at five o'clock and they sat down at the front table with a bottle of tequila. And then the place started filling up and I was so nervous. I didn't know. I had very little experience. You know, I, I, I worked at Laboom for a little while. Laboom. Oh, yeah, baby. It's in, your, it's in his com- comedy act. Yeah. yeah. That's some Laboom jokes. What do you want to know? <laughs> you could tell all about 12. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sabati Najim, uh, who I didn't understand a word he said. Who? He was one of the owners, Joseph and Sabah Najim. And he goes, uh, you, you, Beffeter, Beffeter. He's yelling at me, Beffeter. I'm, I'm like, okay, I run to the base. I'm, look, I'm looking for Beffeter. I'm like, oh, this asshole wants beef eater. <laughs> right? so I didn't understand a word he said. So anyways, I'm, I'm, I start, uh, Cleary's is starting to fill up, and Chris and, and, and Boone are sitting at the front table drinking tequila. And, and I'm yelling, hey, can I get some help? You know, And they start laughing. Yeah. And 10 o'clock came and went, and 11 o'clock came and went. And I worked till 4 in the morning. And they were at the front table drinking the whole time, laughing at me. And I was, I, I never want to do this again. This sucked. This is the worst night of my life. You know, I ran. I didn't know what I was doing. People were yelling at me. Um, and then I counted my tips. Mm-hmm. And then Chris came back and said, you know, hey, that's it. Initiation by fire. You're now ready to go. Yeah. And, I, and, and so I learned. And, and I've never done that to anybody because, you know, if you're listening, that was mean, you pricks. But... Um, <laughs> You just pass it on, right? So, and I'm still learning stuff. I'm st- and, and sometimes it's learning what not to do. You know, I watch people. I, I go, and I'm not, I'm not critiquing bartenders, but I look at them. I'm like, you know, I, I'll never do that. Or, ooh, shit, that's really good. I'm actually learning a lot from my partner on Saturdays, uh, the great Tom Cleary. Do you know Tom? Yeah, Tom's yeah, a gentleman. He's, I'm, I'm, he's, I'm, he's old school. He's, he's Bobby Keebler, uh, shirt and tie. Yeah. Wiped down the bar. How are you, you doing know? there, pal? Yeah. Uh, George David Arrigan, guy. <laughs> he was one of the day guys at, at Ode- uh, O'Malley's. Mm-hmm. You know, those guys are those guys are shirt and tie. You know, proper. Yeah. And I and I haven't ironed a shirt in thirty years. You know. Right. So those guys are great. You know? So now it's like competition. To, I'm trying to be more of a gentleman than this guy. So I know what you mean. Yeah, but at the end of the night, you count your tips, and and he's probably trying to be a little bit more like you. He is, you know. 
So, because 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 you're always telling the story. Yeah. Right. And people are there to, for for no offense, the Jimbo show. Yeah. Right. No, it, it, it's the truth. No. So yeah. w- listen, it's been going on for for decades in South Buffalo. You don't go to the Blackthorn. You don't go to uh, Bistro. You don't go to O'Daniel's. You go see Jimbo. Right. Right. I, I, yeah. I I'm not going out. I'm not going to Blackthorn. I'm going to, when Jay Reed was there. I'm going to see Jay. And Mo knew where I was. She's like, oh, well, he's at the Blackthorn because Jay's working. Yeah. So you go to see that person. So I went to Jay to see Jay, or you know. He had a shtick, and Sean Patterson had a shtick, and you know everyone had their thing, you know. So you go, you, and and so they're there to see the show, or they're there to see, whatever. So he's probably learning some stuff from you. You know what this guy does now? I work at a just a beer and wine joint, the Brick Oven Bistro. Hood. He comes in and goes shots all the way around. And the first time I was like, "There's no liquor here, Tom." He goes, "Oh yes, there is. We'll do some beer Get everybody." A shot of Pinot Noir. Yeah, baby. <laughs> something, and listen, there's something sexy about a shot. <laughs> you know? and my, you never, ever need a shot. No. No. But there's just something. All you got to do is watch any movie with the, with the Irish in it, and you're like, I need to go drinking. <laughs> you know? I, cause, Whack them back. Yeah, again, back to Redmond. We, you know, Redmond's my, my, my pal, right? We've been brothers since and he, he's he's full of shit when he tells you that i was the worst boss he ever had because i had a paper route and he was my helper i paid him well it all comes back to the paper route yeah, on this show i paid him a ham sub from Abbott pizza well maybe half of him and five bucks a week now when he was seven or eight years old that was amazing uh, yeah. that's a good job that's so, a good deal. but redmond and i you know uh and and he's my brother i've had five best friends since kindergarten but redmond's my brother so, you know, we do the Irish thing, you know. We got the brogues going. They probably suck. I don't know. But to, to us, we have great brogues. Oh, he still does it. Yeah. Oh, everywhere we go. James. It's the first thing. It's how we talk to each other, you know. Uh, how are you, lad? How was your night last night, lad? Oh, it's, go- it's grand, lad. It was a good one. Did you tip a few? I did. <laughs> I had about nine pints, and I was feeling fantastic last night. Today's a little murky, though, you know. <laughs> so, uh, you just, you, you, and I know it. Then it's probably bad for me and us to go out drinking and do what we do, but it's where we, it's how we, how we socialize and how we, but now it's different than it was in the eighties. Like muds was debauchery, mm-hmm. you know, past two o'clock, you know, my mom, my mom and dad would know when to leave. You hung out with your mom and dad and then they would know when to leave. And then people would take their pants off and, you know, and scans didn't show up then. He was already there. <laughs> <laughs> so you keep saying his name because we do the Beetlejuice factor here. We're gonna have to bring him on. Yeah. Now. Oh, I would. Oh, he's got. I, everybody has a story, but I, I would love to hear his side of the story. Oh, I have. I probably have m- most because I lived yeah. with him and oh, I grew wow. up with him. We I played. Ca- we started playing Kaz hockey together when we were like seven years old. You know, and he he was him and Pat Kane were the first two at Black Blades. I hated those two because they had, they had the Black Blades. You know, and we still had the old. Um, iron, what were they, iron or steel blades, right? Yeah. But they had black blades. I hated those two, you know. But I live with John. John's got one of the, he's got one of the greatest, because John is highly intelligent. Very. Yeah. You talk to that guy about crossword ma- puzzles and, and, and math. Okay. Yeah. I, I, you know that's why, probably where we separated because, I you know again, time and I math, what, and John he he's brilliant. He's brilliant, and he's, and he's, you know, he's just other ways that he's smart too. But we used to do our annual baseball trip to Chicago with Cavalli, 
when, when before before he passed, God rest that wonderful, um, smiling little face of his. Mm-hmm. We went to Chicago, and I was with Charlie uh, Cam, and we had to leave. And it was me, John, and Charlie Cam in a hotel room. So me and Char- we, we went out to lunch. We, got, we had pizza and stuff, deep dish pizza. We're doing the Chicago thing. We go back to the hotel. We put the pizza in the refrigerator. And then we go to the out drinking baseball game. It's like a 12-hour shift, you know? And you think now, like, oh, my God, I would be, I'd be dead for four days if I yeah. ever did that. So me and Charlie, we got to go. So we go back to the hotel, and we're sleeping. Well, John comes in, and Charlie sits up, and he nudges me. And we, what, what I witnessed was probably the smartest, dumbest thing anyone has ever done in their life. John's hungry, but he doesn't like cold pizza. So he goes into the fridge, and he gets the pizza out. And we're watching this. Now, we're trying not to laugh. He doesn't know we're watching, right? So he gets, he gets the two cups that they give you, the drinking cups, and he puts them side by side. Oh, no. And I'm thinking, this, this is good, you know? He takes the iron, and he flips it over and rests it hot side up in between the two cups. And now I'm like, he's a genius. <laughs> it's like jail. He takes the he plugs the iron in and he turns it on. The iron heats up. Einstein grabs the pizza and puts it right on the on the iron and it's starting to heat up and I'm like I'm like cheering inside. Yes. This is all. Oh, and that so that again, smartest dumbest thing I've ever seen. I'm thinking this is brilliant. But not John. <laughs> he gets the blow dryer. And he's going to heat up the top. Of the pizza with the blow dryer. So he turns it on. And he starts blow drying the pizza. And it flips over. And with his other hand, he goes to grab the pizza. But the pizza goes right by his hand. And the iron goes. <laughs> and he starts screaming. And Charlie Cam looks at me and goes, oh, that's unfortunate. <laughs> and he went back to sleep. And I'm like, he had it. He had it. He had the golden ring. And he had he. That's some ingenuity right yeah, there. Yeah, <laughs> we got to get them on because I mean, we'll get. I think on. everybody has a story. I, I my stories are more like, uh, yeah, I was driving John home and we got hot dogs and he started talking to me, so I just took the hot dogs, I put them on the porch, and there John got out of your car and he went to where the hot dogs were. Wow, because everybody's ever driven John home knows you can't get him out of your car, right. And you baited him. Yeah. And, <laughs> and the other one, you were the bartender. Right? My first uh, time at Finn McCool's. He walked in with a hundred mighty tacos. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he used to do that a lot. He did that. Yeah. I pipe for a taco. It was so well. fun because he would leave like twenty three behind. Yeah, and I'd be like, "This is fantastic," because <laughs> when you give shit to people, they tip you more. Oh so, yeah. Hey, you want a taco? And you, yeah, sure. You give them a taco, and they're like, "Oh, here's here's ten bucks." Yeah. <laughs> That's on me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Everyone's got John stories. You yeah. know, John's John's got this. Amazing heart, you know. He's, he does. He's a, he's a good soul. He's always buying somebody a, a meal after he sat and chatted with them through the whole entire thing. Well, they deserve that. Yeah, I had some angry years there as a bartender. Yeah, yeah. We all. I think we all. If you do it long enough, you, you, you know. Yeah. You, like I used to. I used to go to Charlie O'Brien's, and I will tell you this: I love Chuck. Oh yeah, he. We had him on. He's great. I, you got to be kidding me, right? He's just, you know, he's just so good to me. And I used to work four to eight. At Charlie's, and then I'd go nine to close at O'Daniel's four days a week. Wow. 
And then I'd go Saturday nights at Molly's. Were you still in school at the time? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Forever. I was always in. That's hustle. Kinda, I was That's always hustle. Hustle. Yeah. yeah, but I, you know, school's different. Yeah. Anyways, um, I would pull up to Charlie's at three fifty-five, and I'd sit in my car till three fifty-nine, because it was just a. It's easy to judge us as bartenders, mm-hmm. and I'm not. I'm not saying, listen, you're not. You're not wrong, but you know you. You'd go. I'd go there every day. It was the same conversation, same guys sitting in the same stool, having the same conversation. And at one point, you ask yourself, "What the fuck am I doing?" You know. So I had some angry ears. Which, yeah, sorry to all of you out there. I'm sorry. But again, we talked about it. Everybody thinks they're funny. Everybody thinks you know that they're doing the right thing. I can tell you guys that are awesome guys that have walked out on tabs because they were drunk. And, and you know what? They deserve that cut. You know, they, I'll give you a break this time. And, and some of them don't even know they've done it. You know, everyone's not the perfect drunk. You know, so, uh, you know, Timmy, my, my, my Molly years, that was funny how I quit there. I walked, <laughs> I walked in on a Sunday morning after a, I, I knew it was time for me to go when I was bringing candles. I was bringing scented candles to work. And I was lighting them up and down the bar because I, I was just, it, the smell. Repulsed. Ugh. And and it's not Timmy's fault. It's, no, it's it, the owner. It, t- well, Timmy's, the building, yeah. it, it's, it's been there since, since you know, the 70s. You can't get that smell out. So I walked in on a Sunday morning and I said, Tim, and I slid my key across the bar, you know, Tim. And I'm friends with Tim. I've been friends with Tim for, for 40 years. It's time for me to go. Um. I'm almost 40. I can't remember how old I was. You know, I'm 52 now, 50, going on 52. It's time for me to go, man. I'm almost, these kids don't want me around here. And Tim goes, okay. <laughs> <laughs> After like four, I don't know how long I worked there, like 14 years, couple owners, whatever. Chucky was there at one point with Chris Hall. And I, and I went home, my wife goes, how did it go? I'm like, yeah, I'm out, man. I'm done, so. <laughs> but. You, you know. did a great thing, guy. Uh, I, I would come in from bartending, and I worked at the golf course. And Tommy would say, you got to open up the golf course in the morning? I said, yeah. He goes, well, looks like we're staying late, and then we're going to get hot dogs. Because you would tell me, if I let you leave, you'll fall asleep, and you won't make it you're to done. work. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I would have got fired. So well, I always got to thank you for well, that. Well, you're welcome. You didn't like that job anyways. No. So I was helping you. I, I read it in your face. <laughs> you know, I felt the spirit. Such a reader. Well, Tom's a first-time author of a children's book, Monster in the Morning, like we talked about. Second one on the way. What kind of perspective have you gained from being on the other side of the process? I mean, obviously you're selling the books, but now you're making the books, um, publishing. It's it, it's so, you know, I get, I get at least three phone calls a week. Hey, I wrote a book. I'm like, yeah, I, of course you did. <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> and I'm all for it. Tell your story. If you have a story to tell, tell your story, but tell it well and, and tell it grammatically correct. You know, there's nothing worse than opening up a book. And on the first page, I find three grammatical errors. Um, but the way that writing is now, people just there, there's free writing in novels. You, you know, there's no punctuation sometimes. And, and that's your prerogative. But the process is difficult. You know, you write a book and you well, once you write the end, you're about a quarter of the way done. Than, than the editing. So I tell people all the time, if you wrote a 700-page novel about the Crimean War, 
after seven or eight edits, it's going to be a 22-page book about bunny rabbits. Because <laughs> it t- it's that it's that process, you know, like someone else has to read it, someone else has to tell you that that part's got to be taken out. So that you know, so and, and then you get to the publishing part where, you know, I, I actually sent my book in to Penguin Books, and it's about coffee. It's about a mother who hasn't had her coffee yet. Mm-hmm. And I got a reply back from Penguin Books that says, "We love your book. We love the drawings, but we feel in today's society." That it should be something more healthy, because caffeine can be addicting. Can we make it about yogurt? Ugh. Wow. Kind of defeats the whole title. Right. <laughs> I am. I am such a bitch. Probiotics in the Until morning. Until I have my yogurt. <laughs> it's not a freaking YoPlay commercial. It, right. Yeah. You know. So it's about an addictive substance. This is a serious book, <laughs> which we all know what that monster looks like. Yeah, <laughs> just has a different name. I'm turning into that monster these days. Coffee? Yeah. Oh, I'm a junkie. Are you really? Uh, it, you know, it, it, I'm not a big drinker anymore. I never really have been, but uh, what a mood changer! So I, I, I can't. I'm gonna have to get the book. Well, I want, I want to write. Monst- I have the book. I want to write monster in the evening, but I want to write it for adults, and it's oh, about daddy. Who hasn't had his bourbon yet? (laughs) I'm sure Penguin will like that one. Oh, (laughs) yeah. They'll be all over that one. Daddy pulls in the driveway. (laughs) A little little crooked. How was your day? (laughs) Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) And and for those of you out there that are listening to have kids in my story time, I'm really sorry. Yeah. Hey, well. We're all just adults anyway. they'll, They'll get it. Yeah, uh, and this is something I don't know if you want to talk about, but um, when I read your book, you left a grammatical error in there, and the th- me, the idiot, I can't fucking yeah, find it. Yeah, pe- a lot of people can't find it. I don't know and what the hell it is. I think you're- What happened was it was in an edit that I sent in, and that's the thing. Like, how many edits did I have? Because I, I took my book to kindergarten teachers, and it's all about the flow. Like, when I read books to kids, it's all about the flow. Right? Does it flow? Mm-hmm. Does are they? So I gave my book to some kindergarten teachers, and they're like, "Eh." So I had to change a few things, and I made some changes, and I sent it in, and the guy didn't catch it. Really? And 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 he said to his credit, he said, "Yeah, I missed it, man. Sorry." And I said, "Well, what? what I, they were already printed. I had three hundred copies printed, two hundred in hardcover and a hundred in softcover." And I'm like, "Well, what do we do?" And and uh, Patty Patty uh, uh, Marin Patty Keen, who works for me, she's amazing. She said, um, "Well, let's have fun with it." Mm-hmm. So we did. You know? I never found it. So, well, that's English. I went to timer for five years. So yeah, see, about it. see, yeah, good for you. Because I'm. So people say, "Oh, well, you're an English major." I can't. I don't know. I know grammar, but I don't know like what a dangling participle is or whatever. <laughs> I'm a literature major, which is different, you know. So I, I, when it comes to grammar, I can figure it. I, you know, I I know right from wrong, but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna have an article in the in the paper about what to do, you know, the, the grammarian, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> can't believe he put a pause or a comma there. Stupid ass. I don't know how to use a comma, so. Yeah. Check yeah. me out on Twitter. Check. No no, well, no commas. I'll tell you how to use a comma. I just did. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I love about you, Tom. Yeah. I learned something today. Where you can laugh or maybe learn something. That's yeah, our that's tagline. License to talk. License to talk. <laughs> Isn't fun? Um, <coughs> give me a little wish list for dog ears, because we got a lot of nosy people that listen, and some help, some don't. But there's always wish list. physical things that I need. Uh, you know, uh, 
here's the problem with asking people for physical things like couches and chairs and um, you know tables for downstairs. And, and and I've said before, you know, we should probably switch it up down there and get uniform tables, brow, new tables and chairs. People are like, no, I like that it's you know mismatched yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. But then people are like, hey, I got a nice table home. Do you want it? I'm like, yeah, bring it in. And then I, it's got like two legs, <laughs> you know. Or we do a program where we take in used books, and I say gently used, and we redistribute them to People Inc. We have a great relationship with People Inc. Kevin Horrigan is a is a great. Um, community guy working for people inc and we redistribute them to their their day people that come in so we redistribute books to them so we take and use books well you know if they've been in your basement for 20 years and you have two cats i don't want those books because they smell like you know cat piss and stuff like that. but and and i'm not trying to turn people away i'm just saying sometimes your gently used isn't my gently used right so it's yeah. it's a hard time asking people for physical <clears throat> things but we're always looking for New couches up here. I could use some new couches, and um, but my wish list has always ever been the same thing. I want people to know about this place. I don't. I'm not. I'm not asking for a hundred thousand dollar donation. I'm not asking for you know. Um, I'm. All, I guess I'm always asking for people to come and help volunteer. But I. I would like for a mission to get out there, and and I always take the blame. I always take the blame that I should do more in getting my mission out there and getting what we're here for. We're here to keep the written word alive. Um, keep people reading and writing and and then I think about well maybe you know again back to we ask kids to to do these things how do we get them to do that mm-hmm. you know and, and we're a mindful uh, world now we're all about mindfulness and mm-hmm. you know and that's cool I, I, I I'm a practitioner of of some of that stuff but how do you teach it how do you teach the kids to be mindful so Lori says to me at the valley I want you to teach a mindful you know prior to your class I'm like have you been in my class? I'm not asking these kids to, okay, guys, in through your nose, put yourself in your happy place. Stop, stop, stop trying to stab the kid next to you, please. <laughs> you know, and so how do you do it? I, I, my wish list is um, stop in. Yeah. Ask yeah. questions. Be part of it. And if you don't want to be part of here, that's cool. Be part of something else in your community. You know, be part of, be part of, uh, you know, if you retire to golf, and good for you, you worked your ass off for four years, but also throw in a couple hours a week helping out your community, you know. Absolutely. So. I'm glad the message hasn't changed. You know, yeah. I say that a lot with some people, you know. It's like, what was your original message, you know, and this seems like. Yeah, man, I, I don't I don't even know. Uh, it, it, well, yeah, I got, it has changed because, like I said, I, I just, I want to, pre- I preach. You know, some people find this funny. I preach, like, kindness here. Mm-hmm. You know, and I know that I've had arguments with people, and some people have said, "Oh, he's a prick" or whatever, because you know, behind a bar, you sometimes you have to be, yeah, or sometimes you just are, because you're in a bad mood or something. But here, it's all about kindness, and yeah. I can't tell you the things that I've learned about people. You know, you're sitting in bars for years and years, and you're looking over there and go, "Hey, there's so and so, and there's so and so," and now you're like, "Oh my god, I didn't realize what a great person you are." Mm-hmm. You know, and that's I think that's what this place is for. Come here, you know. I just sat downstairs before when you showed up. I was talking to Toji McMahon. Oh my God, I've known Toji my whole life. What a he is so kind and intelligent. We sit, we talk, and we talk books, and we talk issues, and we talk time. And you know, his kids went to time, and and you know, there's a education in South Buffalo. It's changing. Time and time and mercy, and 
all that stuff. Uh, Catholic education, you know, I could go on about that forever. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and that that's kind of what this podcast is. Is like you got these n- normal people that you know you you want to talk to and talk you know, to Toji McMahon. Yeah, just very normal, regular people. You know, talk Tommy. to Patrick. Talk to Patrick Plunkett. Uh, grew up on Whitehall. Tons of there's like. I don't know, 39 Plunkets or something like that. You know, but Patrick's a, he's, he's a spiritual guy. He's a very intelligent guy. He's got a great story, you know. He, and Tommy knows uh, L2T alumni Kevin Cox, who we've said before, people have come up to us and go, I don't know about this guy's story. And Tommy's with us. Everything's true. Everything he says is true. <laughs> Everything. And even it's if, unbelievable. Even if, like, sometimes, you know this, you're a storyteller. You, you know, you guys are storytellers. Sometimes you got to throw a... a a minor lie in there to get to your point yeah to get to the end like did charlie cam really turn to me and say that no but it makes the story better so <laughs> shut up you know um uh, i don't know i i could have added some some sound effects to that story yeah, yeah. to make it better but and you know like i've heard stories about myself they're totally untrue i'm like yeah but that's a really good story and and you know um me and PJ Stan, my friend, my, my one of my dearest friends who just passed away, and Mike Robertson and Danny Redmond, uh, you know, we go up to, my wife has a place in the Adirondacks right on the water. We go up there every Father's Day, you know, and this is going to be our first one without PJ. It's going to be sad, but we have a, we have a motto, and, and, and we, you all do. We, it's a self-awful thing. Do not let the truth get in the way of a good story. Mm-hmm. It's a good story, just, you know, I got the, I got the makings of a good story here, so I'm going to throw a couple things in there, maybe lie. <laughs> you know, so Kev Cox, man, he he's telling me stories. I'm like, he's telling me a story about he's dating this girl, and she's date. She's also dating. You know, he Kev, Kev's not afraid to admit there's some debauchery in his life, <laughs> and she's she's also dating this doctor from East Aurora, and all this shit's going on out there. And I'm looking, I'm you know, a little crooked like a puppy that you know what? I'm not believing it. And then I meet somebody like a week later, and they're like, "Do you hear about this doctor out in East Aurora? He's doing all this weird shit." With like, I'm like, "Yeah, <laughs> fucking Cox told me that story, you know." Yeah. And and then he tells me these, and he, but he'll never put himself above the story. It no. didn't. It didn't happen to Kev. It's like it's like the Zen and the art of motorcycle maintenance. You know, the the the, the model in that book is, don't look at the scenery, be part of it. You know, when that dude's driving across the country on his motorcycle. And so Kev's, Kev's not, he's not telling the story. He's part of it. And, and he's always a bit player. Oh, yeah. You know, what's his motto? There are uh, many small parts, but there are no small roles. <laughs> yeah. And and so he's telling me a story about Donald lunch with Donald Trump the other night. And I'm like, and he, it's not him. It's not happening to him. He's just observing it because he's, he's at the table. And he's telling me, I'm like, yeah. Yeah. He's You're getting three s- and four, Donald. Yeah, you know, look at her. She's a three, but I can make her a seven. <laughs> that's that's, that's, that's your president. The Coxman that's your you. president, people. Yeah. <laughs> so where do we see dog years in ten years, or where do we see writer Tommy McDonald in uh, uh, ten I years? Know. I don't know. Man. I'm just trying to get through today. Yeah, yeah. Um, seems like you got a lot on your plate, though. I mean, you're always having to morph. It seems, and yeah, it, but and you, you should, and you should, and you know, um, I don't know how well I've done it. I. I uh, like I said earlier on, I have to say that I own this place because it's just easier. It's, it, it, I, I don't want to take the 20-minute conversation explaining to you what a nonprofit is. So I just say I'm the owner. And I don't really want this place to be about me. I don't want this to be Tom McDonald's bookstore. I do not want that. I, wanna, uh, I want this to be 
the bookstore, the cafe, and, and again, they're they're ancillary, but I'd like for it to be about up here. And I want your kid to walk away and go, yeah, that that's pretty cool. You know, it's a safe, creative environment. Give everyone the address and things that are going on here. 688 Abbott Road, heart of South Buffalo. I don't know what that means, but <laughs> um, right down near Reddington Funeral Home, which is going to be a Tim Hortons. <laughs> I hear are that. you kidding me? No, that's what Pat, Patrick and I joke about that every week. I'll see him across the street, and I'll yell, hey, did you sell yet? And he always says you're going to be the third one to know. Um. So we're we're you know we're here and we're doing story time for little kids. We our after school help program is always dependent upon funding. Um, so right now I'm off for the semester because uh, I'll, I'll pick it up again in September. Um, we're always here for we have our our, our summer camps are amazing. They're so, we we service 100 and I don't know 147 kids last year. You know came in and out our building and had fun. So our summer camps for, with Chris in Erie County are awesome. Um, we have our adult writers workshop, our adult uh, book discussion group, second Wednesday of every month, fourth Friday poetry for adults. Um, we're always looking for programming for kids. Uh, we we did this camp kindness last year with um, that Maxim Sugarovsky, the little boy that was was um, hit by a car in Delaware Park. His mom and dad came to me. We did this awesome program, camp kindness. And I, you know, listen, people are like, oh, did you hear what he did? I didn't do shit. His mom came to me, and she's an amazing person, and the dad's an amazing guy, and we did this camp, and, and I and I set it up. I, I said, here, use the space, and she was tireless, and she was, you know, and we taught kids. We brought in SPCA to, talk, to teach kids how to be kind to animals. We went to a old folks home. I don't know if that's what you call it anymore, senior living, uh, and, and, and we had Chet. Chet Ferry, he's the bread man. He he came up here and we baked bread and he tells stories of kindness. And then we took the bread over to the to the senior living home and gave it to the people. Smiles on their faces and and then we brought in refugees and we made bracelets. All the kids that in my we had twenty eight kids in the camp and then we brought in refugees that that she arranged and we made bracelets and then they, they sent them to refugees around the world and they made paintings for that are gonna they're on the wall there. They're uh, we're gonna put them up in. Children's Hospital and oh, that's great. Well, I didn't, I didn't do shit. Right, you know, I just she came to me. I go, love your idea. So if you're out there with an idea, and it, and it fits our mission, go go to the, our, our amazing website that was updated sometime in the late seventies, <laughs> and and um, read our mission. If it fits, come to me, man. You know, yeah. That's if great. you're in the Buffalo area, definitely come and uh, check dog ears out. Uh, kind of what we've been talking about. You know, I just had a child. Marky's got a a younger child and. Uh, we need more of these things around, and we really appreciate what you do. Well, if it, you know, because when I was, when I had kids, I went to the mall. Right, there's mm -hmm. no mall anymore. Right, and I'm like, I don't stab myself in the ear, being in the mall, you know. Mm -hmm. But it's, it was, it was, it was. Um, That's what you did. But it had stuff for that that occupied the kids, you know, and and, but bringing them here again, you know, I got my story times all grandmas and grandpas. A couple moms and dads here and there, but it's mostly grandmas and grandpas and aunts and uncles. And yeah, read with your kids. We read with your grandkids. Well, because you know our parents do way more with our kids than they ever did with us. <laughs> you know, they buy shit for. What them. are you doing here? 
Get out. Yeah. We'll see you when the lights, the street lights come back on. Yeah, and, and Go they do buy, something. My parents buy my kids shit, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> my father bought my daughter an electric guitar. Oh, how awesome. And had it transferred to a lefty and gave it to her uh, on a Wednesday. Wasn't her birthday. <laughs> it was a freaking Wednesday, right? And I'm thinking to myself, I was in a size 8 skate for four years <laughs> and my foot was a nine and my dad's like we can't afford to buy you skates take your socks off yeah go go see if you can get scans as black blades they're big enough for you <laughs> but you know we always talk about license to talk is a, a place where you can learn something and have a laugh but uh definitely dog years is a place where you can learn something and meet great people and have a laugh it, it's great what you've been doing well, boys, I, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. I'm glad that you found me remotely interesting enough to speak to. I don't. Uh, my, uh, yeah, maybe my kids do. I don't know. But I can't thank you enough for, for giving me the opportunity to get my uh, my mission out there. I know it's been, we've been open for coming up on uh, 12 years. Yeah, 12 yeah. years. July 1st will be 12 years. Thanks to Patrick Callahan and his beautiful wife, Sandy, and their family have been amazing to me. So many people have been amazing to me. And that's what you have to understand out there is there, I, I'm, I'm, and, and for those of you who are not in my corner, I'm the tool. <laughs> and for those of you who are in my corner, I am the tool that, that just, I'm just here and I'm allowing this place to be. It's not me. It's, it's what, you know. Well, it seems like it, people need to use it as a tool. Yeah, and and if you have an idea, please come, come on, bring it to me. You know, yeah. Bring your bring your kids here. There's, you know. Well, you're, he's an idea man, and he needs ideas. Tom McDowell. Just been I've just been compared to Billy Blazkowski. <laughs> <laughs> Who's that? Night shift. You never saw. Oh night yeah, shift? the night shift. <laughs> this is Chuck telling Bill to shut up. I'll give you a quarter if you just shut up. <laughs> Billy Blaskowski, feed the mayonnaise right to the fish. I'm an idea man. That's right. You know? <laughs> well, and now, Tommy McDonald, you are now licensed to talk. I am licensed to now shut up. <laughs> and thanks, anytime, brother. anytime you want to come back on the program. Anytime. Are, and thanks for all the support yeah, you've had over thanks the years so much. for us. And like you said, you think that the message isn't out there, but I'm telling you, the people who are parents, they know. They know that it's important. Uh, I appreciate that. My final message is be kind. Read books or you'll end up an idiot. Idiot. Thanks. What are you talking about? Idiot. Thanks, Tommy. <laughs>